This is the the Coins Cashflow and Competitions Podcast, sponsored by Upstate Essential Solutions. If you need help with accounting and taxes or personal finances, contact me today at thecodegrady.com. Hey y'all, this is my new podcast called the Coins Cashflow and Competitions Podcast. I had to say it slowly because I'm so used to saying the Your Money Hour Podcast. So y'all, excuse me for, you know, talking so slow, but I need to talk slow anyway. But anyway, I have a guest. Today is Miss Stacy Gardine. She is a photographer and I wanted to have her on the show because she's doing me things in Greenville, South Carolina, and wanted to have her on the podcast. So Stacey, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yes, ma'am. So tell everyone about who you are and what you do, Stacey. Yeah, so... My name is Stacey Gardine, and first, Dakota, thank you for saying my name right, because most people murder it. Um, So thank you for that. And I'm a portrait and branding photographer, so I shoot company branding photos, headshots, and then just your everyday family photos, people's milestones, like birthdays and things like that. So on IG Live, you told us how you got into photography. Talk about that. Do a recap, please. Yeah, so basically I was letting everyone know that I started out in insurance and I always loved taking pictures as a hobby and I really wanted a better camera. And one of my mentors told me that I would never get a better camera if I kept taking pictures of plants. Um, So I got a 24 month interest-free card at um, Best Buy because I I didn't have the money to start up and that's a lot of, you know, small business owners problems. So I had good credit, which was, you know, a blessing. So I got a credit card with 24 months interest-free and every time I did a photo shoot, I just paid that card off and I paid it off before the 24 months, of course, but it was, it was definitely the first step for me starting a business. And that was my, that was like my startup loan. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So was it challenging getting your first client? Yes and no. So again, I started with it as a hobby um, and I would just take pictures of course of plants. But when I got my big girl camera, um, I started taking pictures of my mom and my sister and my brother and just, you know, just everyday stuff. And people just started inboxing me like, Hey, can you take me and my little girl's pictures for our birthday? Can you do this? Can you do that? And so I gave it a shot and I was, I was pretty good at it. Um, and then I found a couple of mentors along the way because I was like, okay, how how do I start this? How do I want to make my name? Um, so you know, I asked them, hey, so what what do you charge for this? How do you how do you get the subject to be in focus and the background to be out of focus? And now I know it's called Boca, but it was all those little things. Um, they told me some online things to try, so I learned on YouTube and Creative Live, and I was just always trying to feed myself knowledge to get better and better and. Yeah, so it it wasn't hard because people were coming to me. Once I started charging more, then I had to learn a little bit more about, you know, <laughs> marketing and things like that. But when it was like cheapest chips, oh, it, it was easy. <laughs> Got you. So talk about going from photography to becoming an author. Talk about that, please. 
Yeah, so I, everyone calls me a big kid. They either call me a big kid or they call me a grandma. It's always one of the two. Um, but I've always loved cartoons, anime, things like that. And I've always been a very animated person. Um, so I had a story that just kept repeating in my life. Um, I used to always write in my journals and I would make up stories and plays and things when I was a kid. And I just had this thing that just kept happening over and over again. And I just felt impressed to write a book about it. And I decided, cause I still, I'm still gonna work on the adult or the teen version later. Um, but I felt really impressed to do the children's version first because again, I love cartoons. Um, so I tried illustrating it myself. It wasn't terrible, but I'm a perfectionist. So eventually after some time, I hired a professional il illustrator to get it out on the market. And yeah, it just started from me literally still watching Saturday morning cartoons and, and trying to make a story out of my life. And that's that's what it's about. Um, but I just made it kid appropriate. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Wow. So you self-published a book or did you go through yes. like a, oh, you did? Yeah, I did self-publishing. So what was the hardest part? Cause I did two books too. So what's the hardest mm -hmm. part of doing writing a book? I think the hardest part is marketing. I think marketing in general is just hard. Um, the The process of deciding to do self-published versus getting published was also a hard part. So I went to like a publishing workshop where I got to meet with different publishers. Um, they read my my first draft of it and everything, and they gave me feedback. Um, it was an investment to do that, but it was a good investment. Um, I don't want to say they ripped my book apart, but they ripped my soul apart at the time. <laughs> but it was good. Um, initially, when someone, you know, critiques something that you worked really hard on, it's like, it's a tough pill to swallow, but that's the only way to grow. Um, so I'm really grateful that I did do that because it made my book better. Um, but that helped me to know whether I wanted to publish or self-publish. And when I learned that I wouldn't get to, as a children's book author, I wouldn't get to choose my illustrator if I went the publishing route that I would have to use whoever they had in-house. I decided I wanted to self-publish because I wanted more control. So in the future, if I do books that don't require pub, um, uh, illustrations, I might entertain the idea of doing it the other route because I am working on another book right now. Um, so I am not you know, ruling out the idea of getting, you know, traditionally published, but I just like, I'm a control freak. So I like having a little more control. <laughs> so as a photographer, an author, a wife, how do you balance those things? If, if any. I love that you asked that question because that is what my next book is about. Um, so I hear a lot, especially at women's um, events, that balance is a myth and I'm a bit of a nerd. And every time someone would say that, they'd either say it's a myth or they would say it's BS. And I would always be like, but is it though? Um, because balance is, it's basically a law of physics. <laughs> so, so I don't think that's possible for it to be a myth. Um, so I, I decided, which will either be my downfall or my uprising, um, to go against the fact that people say it's a myth because it's not. I think the issue is people confuse balance with equality and that is not the case. So 
for me, balancing being a wife, a business owner, author, photographer, all these things, I put things in little baskets. And so I am also an introvert. So that adds a whole nother level to everything because I have to recharge and like say networking for marketing. Again, marketing is hard. Part of marketing is networking. Um, and I don't like networking because it's like, oh, it's like an introvert nightmare. Um, so, and, and you know, it's interesting that that's how this happened is I actually finally went to a networking event, but you have to find balance through boundaries. And so if I go to a networking event, I know that I'm not scheduling any meetings the next morning because I'm going to need that time to reset. So there's no meetings, talking to no people. My husband and I have an understanding that if we have people too much today, that maybe this is just a silent moment on the couch. Like we don't have to communicate. I love you. You love me. We are good. Our marriage is healthy. Just don't talk to me right now. So we have spoken these things through. So communication is a huge factor to me in finding balance, communicating with yourself, communicating with your spouse, if you have one, a partner, um, kids, like letting people know what you need and what you do not need um, is a good way to be able to balance those things. Um, if you know that you've got family coming in town and you've got seven clients this week, it's like, okay, when will I have time to clean the house so that they have somewhere to stay and I can't be, you know, overwhelmed with it. So doing little things. So it's like finding ways to put little, little pieces. I always say it's like being like ants and I feel like ants are like the, the, the most perfect example, although I hate fire ants. Um, they're the most perfect example to me of balance because they divide things out. And so as a business owner, I know things that I have to outsource, like editing, I don't like it. It's a waste of my time. Um, it provides me the opportunity to develop carpal tunnel, which I do not want. So that's something that I outsource. So especially with the house and trying to be the quote unquote good wife and trying to keep up with the house, if I know that I don't have time, that's something I might outsource as well. So last year was really busy for me. So I found a company that didn't have a contract, but that I could bring them in to help me out with cleaning. I got a subscription to Hamper. I was like, I don't have time to fold this laundry. I was washing like a, like a, you know, like a machine, just like the machine. I am the machine putting the things in the machine, but I didn't have time to fold. So I was like, okay, what can I hire out that wouldn't, you know, break the bank as some people say, but I always say whenever you're considering an investment or outsourcing something, you have to weigh the cost of your time against that and the cost of your peace of mind, because that to me is worth more than anything. So if I can take a nap while someone is editing for me or someone is cleaning for me or someone is doing my laundry, I will, I will pay that money and be like, okay, I just spent $50 for someone to do all of my laundry so that I could rest before my family came into town. So I think balance is figuring out what works for you because it's going to be different for every single person. You can't look, a lot of women compare themselves to other women. You don't know what that other woman is doing. And some people use medications and other um, substances to balance their life. That's not something that I do. So I'm like, okay, what can I do without having to have 
an enhanced um, experience. So yeah, that that's my idea of balance is finding ways to delegate, whether it's delegating to other people in your house, delegating to yourself or delegating to another company. You have to delegate in order to find balance in my opinion. Wow. That's that was a great, a sorry. No, that's a great answer. Like that's, that's like another whole talk about stuff. We won't have time for that. <laughs> No, but thank you for explaining that because balance is something, I guess, is how you see it. It's perspective. Mm -hmm. So we'll have time to go into the investing part, but real quick, how important is investing for you as a female, as a woman? I feel as a female that it's of the utmost and it's something <laughs> that I keep telling my husband I need to learn faster um, because I wasn't introduced to it until we got married and we've only been married five years. And I always say not to be morbid, but again, I was in insurance for a while. So life insurance is a thing. <laughs> so that means people die. Um, and I always said to myself, if you died these past 20 plus years of investing that you've done, I know you have a financial advisor, but as a business owner, even if I know I can hire things out to an accountant, I feel that it's super important for you to understand the inner workings so that you know if something's gone wrong. Um, you can have, I call it foreshadow again, because I like anime, um, foreshadow so you can see if something is shifting so that you're not having to wait. You're not your financial advisor's only client. So if you're waiting for them to catch things, you might be on the back end. So I want, again, control freak, I want to be able to be in control of my finances and to me, understanding how the investments work, understanding the market, where the shifts are happening. I feel like that is important, but especially for women, because women, although men a lot of times are the head of the household, the women are the ones running the ship. So if the woman is not aware of what's happening, especially if they are married and that spouse happened to die and they were the ones handling all the finances, I just saw when I was in insurance, like, chaos like they had no idea what bills were being paid um i've seen older women like their husband is taking care of everything for like 70 years and then the husband dies they had no idea about paying their taxes and things like that and then they're losing property so i feel like for women it's of the utmost importance because we're the caretakers nine times out of ten whether it's for ourselves or for our parents or whoever it might be so if we're not in control and we don't understand our finances we have then just so much more um, stress on our lives because we tend to be the most stressed out people, um, women in general. So if we don't have that, when things like probate court and things like that come up, we don't know what to do. And then, I mean, depression, anxiety, all the things on top of still having to be a caretaker, it's just, it's too much. Um, so I just think that it's, it's a sense of freedom, control, just, it gives you power. And I feel like financial knowledge is power that every single person needs. But to me, especially women, because as caretakers, you have to be able to be in control of those things to make sure that you are doing the best care possible. Mm. So I need to bring you back for that because I want to deep, dive deep into that because yeah, man, you, you just talked about something that's very dear to me. That's why I do personal finances for people me have own money, especially if a woman outlives the husband. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know how to take care of finances. She's going to be struggling. 
Yeah. And you're broke. So yeah, let's come back for another interview if, if you have time. But yeah. say thank you for your time. How can yeah. we find out about you on social media and your website? So my website is stacygardine.com. So Stacy is S-T-A-C-E-Y and Gardine is G-A-R-D-I-N. So stacygardine.com. It has my books. It has my photography, speaking opportunities, all the things. They're all right there. Thank you for your time, Stacey. Thank you, Dakota. You're welcome. And this is the Coins, Cashflow, and Conversations podcast sponsored by Upstate Essential Solutions. Check out the website at thecodegrady.com.